Hi everyone, and welcome to the 108th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys. And Sabrina! Hi. We're all together again, finally! Yes. Finally. It's been a while. It's been a while for sure. It's been a long it's, while. It's, you know. it's here. Oh man. No more vacations for me until December. Yeah. Well, I, I guess that's good. I was working a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I can definitely, definitely understand that. So anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. Alrighty, we have a two-segment show today. We have our first segment, which is a very, very beefy news segment. What? Surprise. Yay, something something happened, didn't it? Like, I don't something, know. Something, something good happened. Something good happened. So we'll definitely be talking about that. And uh, second segment is going to be our question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show and you want to support us, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. Uh, Tura and I actually did the last Please Be Excited, so check that out, please. And uh, in the way of our Patreon executive producers, we have uh, our as follows. Uh, first, we have Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero on Twitter. We have Christian Burge. Joey Hinkle, who is at Oren Darkrend. Uh, Louis James. Satria Jajazudarma, uh, who is at Satria625 Ruben. We have Skylar Loveless. William Trengrove, who is at Varnish the Azure. Uh, Chris Morales. Eric Decker, who is at Chaco Taco. And Sabby, if you want to take these next few. Uh, so we got Harley Crawley at DarkZT Okami. Uh, Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham, Thorn Bullen at Massacre23, Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58, Alex Chotman at Akira Namjian, uh, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. And sure, if you want to take these last ones. We got Genesis Alejandro at Junison7, Jason Rivera at Neo Arcadiac, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith, Chris Russell at the Ninja Max, Manning Franks at like underscore Payton, Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail, Muhammad Quayam, Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Knack 95, Rachel Casterston at Obra Yoon Ray, Vita Nitas at V underscore Tron 5000, and Zelda Clone at a Pesty Pen Novels. Apes type novels. <laughs> Apes type novels. Sorry, I'm tired. Yes. It's difficult. <laughs> I know. No worries. Uh, and I'm, as I'm always, getting old too. Yeah, that too. And as always, if you guys want to uh, have your questions answered on the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com, just like all the people who sent us questions this episode. All right, let's move on to the news. Whoa, yes. so much news. All hey, right, we first, got news. First bit of big <laughs> news that we've been waiting for forever. Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 is a, a bundle that was just announced that is coming to PS4. 
Whoa! It's a big deal. We've been waiting for that forever. And the release dates are as follows. It's coming out in Japan, March 9th. It's coming out in North America, March 28th, 2017, which is the 15-year anniversary of Kingdom Hearts 1 in Japan. It's coming out in North America on that day. Whatever. And uh, Europe has March 31st. 2017. So I'm happy that uh, North America's release is on the uh, 15th anniversary of uh, the Japanese version. It's awesome. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, we're gonna get it finally. All the games for the first time. On for one the disc. first time in forever. All Dude, on one disc. Can you imagine? All the Kingdom Hearts games are on one platform. What? One yep. platform. One, one disc, disc for this whole thing, dude. One platform, one disc, uh, but 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 then it's well, it'll actually be two discs because you have to have two point eight. But whatever, man, who's counting? And at the end of the day, you're gonna be able to play the entire Zehanort saga on three discs on one platform, namely the PS4. Better be a collector edition in the future. Yeah, hopefully. I swear, if there is, I'm going to lose my mind because yeah. I'm spending so much money already. <laughs> But the big announcement about this collector's edition, this thing that is actually super new that I know a lot of people have been waiting for that actually makes this a fundamentally different experience if you are really into this kind of uh, thing. All the titles in Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and in Kingdom Hearts 2.5 will be running at 60 frames per second. Whoa. Yo, that's, yes. That's a big deal. So for those of you who don't know, basically the frame rate of a game is how fast the image is updated on the screen. Uh, Kingdom Hearts normally runs at 30 frames per second. This is double that frame rate, which means the motion will look a lot smoother. And for gameplay reasons, 60 FPS is always welcome because uh, at 60 frames, not only is the image updating a lot faster, but also the amount of times the console is checking your controller to see if you've moved it, which means the gameplay will feel double uh, or twice as responsive as it did originally. So I mean, if, it'll if you had play lucky, a lot better and look better. If you had an opportunity to play Kinemars 3D at a convention yep. where they had a demo, you, that you know 60 frames like. per second is, you know, amazing. You know, it, it's... Yeah. Oh my god, it's I can't wait for this. You know, play Birth by Sleep in 60 frames. My god. Oh my god. Yeah, so Birth great. by Sleep. We're gonna get I mean, honestly, out of all of these, even though it probably won't benefit that much, I just like the idea that I'll play Kingdom Hearts 1 at 60 FPS. That's such a weird idea, because just in general, that game's a little bit on the sluggish side, but then with 60 FPS, how's it gonna feel? I'm just curious. So, so Brandon, are you, are you willing to play the deep dive stream? You know, Kingdom Hearts oh, again, fr- 60 frames from start. Oh man, we'll we'll see. Uh, oh, if it is, it'll be a really fast playthrough. I promise, but we'll see. Uh, just 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 get beefy Sora and just go from there. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll see where where we're at in March. Uh, by then, I'll definitely have faster internet, so we'll we'll see how it is. Uh, but yeah, so all the titles, they're going to be running at 60 FPS, first time ever in the series. Uh, well, apart from uh, Dream Drop Distance, which we'll be releasing in January uh, of that same year on PS4 in the 2.8 bundle. So yeah, basically, uh, by come March, you can own all the Kingdom Hearts games on one platform, which is, you know, has been literally a, you know, in... Pr- a thing we've been looking for for the past 15 years. 
Remember when the, everyone said that they were going to buy a PS3 for Kingdom Hearts 3? Uh, yes. And then they're like, and yes, I I'm going to buy PS4. And buy PS4 because of Kingdom Hearts 3. But this time it did like, happen. But now, I, but now they still had to buy 1.5 or 2.5 for PS3. So people had to go backwards for a little bit. Yeah. So if you haven't I'm, bought I'm a PS4 there. yet, this is the time for you to buy it now. Yeah. <laughs> and things you, are you guys actually been... happening. You guys, Might I you recommend guys been this? Yeah. <laughs> Might I recommend a PS4 Pro because that's a thing. <laughs> it will look. Better. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if there will be any any benefits for for Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 on Pro. The only one I can think of, honestly, is they can add 4K. You know, they can do I mean, 4K we'll support. S- we'll see. We'll see down the line. Maybe we'll get something from Dengenki or Famitsu. Who? Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they're gonna interview Nomura about this announcement, anyways. So we'll probably hear more about it right now it's just the announcement of yeah now an interesting possibility speaking of pro is that because these are really old ass games what if what if kingdom hearts 1.5 and 2.5 render natively at 4k because a lot of these ps4 pro games are actually just upscaled using the fancy little upscaler that they have in the gpu but some games uh namely like last of us actually render at 4k natively so that's a possibility the only thing that makes me think they might not do that is because they want it to run at 60 fps which might be prohibitive so we'll we'll see where that goes but if i had to guess of of like a really good thing that they could sell us on ps4 pro with it'd be oh yeah kingdom Hearts 1.5 2.5 they run at 60 fps and native 4k or at the very least upscaled 4k we'll see what they do so that's a possibility. Also, uh, the whole collection is going to be releasing for $50 US, which is actually a really, really good deal. It's not a full 60, which is good. And it's literally uh, four four games and two kind of movies of games. So that's a lot. So I, I just, I just, I don't know, like, like, I really hope, I mean, even though they won't, they're not going to do it, obviously, but I really hope mm-hmm. they could have just fixed up the way days had their battles like you know how like they skipped out on all the battles whereas yeah they put him in i was really hoping they can actually really actually put the battles like somewhat of a battle in there instead of fading to black exactly i was also hoping hoping, i was hoping that the next time uh these collections would be released they'd actually remake days (laughs) now now it kind of feels like it has no chance ever (laughs) because they're they're so busy i don't know like making new games I mean, now, right now, their main concern is just to get three done. Exactly, yeah, so. which is way more important. I understand. And, and it's funny too, because like, there are there is a there there is a family group trying to redo days, and like mm-hmm. the entire like game of days. Yeah, but I don't know if they're going to be able to finish the project without being you know seen deed by Square Enix. And yeah, then, like I see, I see a lot of people asking Square Enix to do that for days and recode and. But then, you know, these are the same people who want 3 to be released. And it's all like, well, you can't have both at the same time. You just got to exactly. be one or the other. So more likely, you know, I want, you know, 3 to be out. Then if you want to have time to do it, then by all means do it. You know? I definitely would want the the new thing to come out and not, you know, exactly. every, every, every single scene in Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. If I yeah. repeat it. Oh well. So yeah, that that's uh Kingdom Hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 coming to PS4 exclusively. Uh-oh. That means Xbox. 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Xbox One, but you're not getting anything, but you're getting Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, so yeah, I guess, I guess this sort of like, uh, is like the final nail in the coffin that basically, uh, confirms that Square, Square knows announcing Kingdom Hearts 3 for, uh, Xbox One was kind of a mistake and, uh, they kind of wish they didn't do that. That's what I'm guessing. (laughs) But, uh, that's, that's just speculation on my part, but yeah, you can just like, just look at Square Enix Japan and like the stuff they put out and, uh, look at how many of those projects are going to Xbox. Oh wait, it's literally just Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3, which were both announced prior to the Xbox One and prior to the time where Xbox One sold half of what the PS4 sold. Oh, I understand now. Don't forget Type Zero. <laughs> and oh yeah, and Type Zero, which was uh, I'm guessing for Type Zero, the main reason is probably because they were also uh, you know also releasing FF15, and then uh. And then Type Zero apparently also sold like crap on uh, Xbox One, and that was probably the the real final nail in the coffin for them and their Japanese products. Because yeah, you don't see World of Final Fantasy on Xbox, and that thing was made in Unity. There was, I mean, there's literally no reason not to port it to Xbox. I mean, I, I give props to people wanting the collections on Xbox One, and I don't yeah. see a problem with it. But like, you know, it's just like the reality of Japanese game development. It's not a thing here, so yeah. Yeah, that's just how it is. Sorry. But I think in like a marketing stance, it's also focusing on, you know, trying to cater to not just one mm-hmm. like area of gamers because they're trying to release it to more others or people who, you know, have been waiting for it and have switched consoles, right? Yeah. I think for them, they're, they're just trying to weigh, weigh the, uh, the benefits and risks of, okay, so we could release these on one platform and have the development cost be cheaper the development marketing and whatever cost be cheaper or we could release it on both platforms and uh development cost would be uh quite a bit more expensive but we could uh you know increase our potential sales by releasing it on a separate platform but what they realize is and i think what they realize mainly off of uh products like uh type zero is when you release all these platforms you aren't guaranteed gangbuster sales on that platform because these platforms sort of cater to certain demographics and for them uh japanese rpgs are just not a thing on xbox so even though you put it there just because you make it doesn't mean they will come you know it's like it's you know you you can't Releasing multi-platform isn't a silver bullet. That's that's what I'm trying to say. Is just because you release multi-platform doesn't mean you will immediately be getting double the sales. It just doesn't work that way. And I think they're finally realizing that, and why the benefit of console exclusivity. You know, there are some benefits to console exclusivity. Uh, part of them is uh, lower production costs and a more focused demographic, more focused uh, niche that you can market to. Anyway. Moving on to the next bit of news. Kingdom Hearts 0.2's full opening was released on YouTube in English and Japanese. Whoa! That was, was a so big surprise. God. That was a huge surprise. They've never done that before, where they just straight up released the entire opening of the game. It's like, what? It, 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 I don't know. It was weird because like, I was watching the um, Periscope stream that was provided by Cage Destiny, yeah. who attended Paris Games, and like... The people in the audience were translating. Were translating the because uh, Hashimoto will say it in Japanese, and they'll translate it from Japanese French. 
mm-hmm. and then Case Destiny was translating in French to English, and they were saying that Namora made a special video. And I was like, special video? I thought he was going to make like a, I think, I thought he was originally, Nomura was going to appear on screen in a video yeah. talking about it. Nope. But but then all of a sudden I was watching the Periscope screen and all of a sudden it changed to a beach. I'm like, I'm like, that looks exactly like, you know, the trailer from TGS. Yeah. And all of a sudden they had the letters float up and it says, as soon as I saw the words, you know, Kingdom Hearts 0.2, a fragmentary passage, I was like, yeah, oh crap, this it's is going to be the opening. Yes, awesome. And, and, and literally I just lost my mind when that yeah. started playing and then like right when it was playing like square enix like uh, i think it was one of the, i think it was europe that uh, actually uploaded the video and posted it on youtube mm-hmm. way before the tweets went out so like luckily yeah. like normally for any events that deals with kingdom hearts i'm always on the youtube page and i saw it uploaded and i just immediately linked it and it just like even before the trailer was even done showing over to the audience there yeah and it was just you know just being able to see it like high quality was like immediately it's awesome yeah there's something really special there's something really special about watching an opening like this because unlike a trailer a trailer is trying to show you you know a trailer's got like it's got an ul- it's a trailer has an, you, right? yeah it's it's got an ulterior motive it's there to excite you but this and it is makes the you, kind- makes you want to buy the game too exactly so. it's trying to make you buy the game whereas an opening video this is something that is normally just reserved for the finished product and it's not trying to sell you on the game because you literally already own it and oh, you're watching exactly. it in the game so this is just like and nothing in this trailer is trying to show you anything new or anything from the game itself it's just trying to you know it's trying to get you in the vibes of Kingdom Hearts 0.2, and it's super awesome, and it feels so good. And it's amazing. The, the story so is so happy. touching and cute, and yes, it's definitely the kind of thing that will make you shed a tear. It's so awesome. So yeah, it, oh, yeah just, it just a, a quick summary of what it is. So it was a cool, uh, full FMV, just like it always is, uh, done by Visual Works. There was amazing, and it summarizes Aqua's journey in Birth by Sleep, and her separation from Ventus and Terra and how, how that sort of exchange works. And uh, towards the end, it shows how she's helped by uh, Mickey and helped by uh, uh, clearly Sora. Uh, and, you know, the the remix is called Ray of Hope. And so uh, this entire uh, story that is portrayed in the opening is all about the hope that lies ahead in the series. So... I, I, we don't know what the story is going to be like in 0.2, but it seems like it's going to be pretty dark because it kind of has to be to sort of set up for Kingdom Hearts 3 to be the ray of hope, you know, to be the story about hope. But, uh, you know, it's, it's it's really interesting to see how even in the trailer itself, it's not only hyping up or not hyping up, but not only setting the stage for 0.2, but it's also setting the stage for Kingdom Hearts 3. So. It's which all is what, in that which is trailer. what 0.2 is about pretty much exactly it's what 0.2 is all about at the end of the day so basically we don't even need to play 0.2 because we have this opening <laughs> we could just skip 0.2 altogether right no let's play it no. so yeah that's that's the 0.2 opening it was really beautiful uh you can now hear both hikari and simple and clean ray of hope mix in full without any any nonsense covering it up like uh, voice acting. Once, once, so once I linked out the uh, 
the trailer like on Tumblr and all that. Yeah. The next thing I did was rip the trailer and edited it so that I can put it on my iPhone immediately. <laughs> yeah, I've, exactly. I've been blasting Smart. it ever since. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. So yeah, that was the opening. Oh. Can't wait to see more. I did not expect that. That was a huge, huge surprise from Paris Games Week. It's but the, the funny thing is that's the funny thing about Paris Games Week. Like the like the announcement of Hashimoto being there for a Kingdom Hearts presentation. Yeah. That was random and all of a sudden, like completely out of nowhere. That, a lot of people thought that it was just going to be something like, you know, them talking about you know what they're going to be you know doing you know you know, hyping us up for next year. Cause you know how Nomura always kept saying, you know, next year is a 15 year anniversary, you know, please look mm. forward to it. I thought Hashimoto was just there to continue the hype, you know? Yeah. Like, what I f- that's, really that's find interesting is that you, you never really hear about Paris games week as being like soup, a super big deal for like other game companies, but it seems like square just has a really good relationship with their, uh, with square Enix France, you know, square Enix Japan and square Enix France, Square Enix Japan and Square Enix France seem to have a really good relationship and they probably see the value of really hyping up their products at Paris Games Week. So uh, unlike other developers, you know, like your EAs and your Activisions and uh, Ubisoft and all them, where they they may not have as big a presence as far as like releasing new content, Square comes in and just blows everything out of the water. Here's a bunch of Final Fantasy 15 stuff, a, a brand new trailer, CG trailer, the best trailer that Final Fantasy 15's ever had. And then here's a whole, a whole bunch of Kingdom Hearts news, even though we told you we weren't going to give you any news until next year. Here's a whole bunch of news from Kingdom Hearts. And it's like, it's really interesting to see how... Uh, Square Enix values their French audience, and that's super cool to see. Yeah, right, so, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that they that they actually got something worth having, you know, because you know we had exactly the 2.5 launch event, you know, then Japan had D23, which was exclusive to them. Europe, you know, Paris actually Paris had he had that um, launch event too. Or London yep. actually had that launch. Oh, event. It was London, yeah. But Paris, London. but Paris actually had that uh, casting call mm. over there too. Yeah, it's so, for the video, yeah. So it's kind of nice right. for them to actually get something. So yeah, that, that wraps up the 0.2 stuff. So moving on to some Kingdom Hearts 3 news. What? I thought Nomura said we wouldn't get any Kingdom Hearts 3 news this year. Well, he lied. So thankfully, <laughs> we've we've got and very... Goes, and, and, anybody's listening to this? Yeah. Like, for anybody listening to this, just remember, Nomura does lie too. So just because sometimes he says it's something... for good things. You know, yeah. It's white Just because he like says cool. something doesn't mean, <laughs> exactly. you know, his you know he sticks to it so yeah. just remember also that. the reality of it is maybe it was a lie or maybe it was uh upper management decided to change their minds like immediately <laughs> and yes, they're like remember oh. namara namara's got a job to do too just like everybody else does so he's and only he, doing what he's being told exactly he's not just because he's the director doesn't mean he's not accountable to people above him there are people above him at square and they can sometimes tell him to say things or tell him to not say anything so uh, yeah, this time they told him to say things. And uh, yeah, so as far as Kingdom Hearts 3 is concerned, two screenshots were revealed showcasing new drive forms, which confirms that drive forms are back, even though Churro, you already told us that you had seen drive forms in action at the launch event back in 2014. But now we know yep. for sure they're actually back. That wasn't just test footage. They're back for real. And this time uh, they come back in the form of some. So apparently they're tied to Keyblades. Is that what is is that what it is that they're linked to Keyblade transformations as well? Uh, it's yeah, unclear. According to um, uh, Nomura's tweets that were translated by 
by Gold Penner, who does such yes. an amazing job of translating. Uh, basically, the, one of the tweets she translated said, have a sneak peek of a new drive form. This time, they're linked to Keyblade abilities. Okay, so linked to Keyblade abilities. Oh, so it's, interesting. It's, un, it's unclear if that you can transform them apart from transforming yourself as well. Because, like, in previous trailers, they showed off, oh, look, Sora's using the guns, and his costume didn't transform, and even as recent as the D23 trailer, uh, he trans he, he used a Keyblade ability there, and I, I'm, I'm guessing those, I'm guessing that's just, like, a, like, you know, your base form, and he doesn't require, you know, it changing, yeah. but as, as the game goes along and you acquire new drive forms, that's when it'll actually start up again. I think, I'm guessing yeah. that Keyblade that Sora had is just the generic base form that's why he didn't transform yeah. or that they didn't want to reveal it too soon yeah true. That's, transform it. that's another transform possibility it so all we know for sure is somehow they're linked to keyblade abilities and uh so yeah in this case so the two cre- screenshots were uh set atop mount olympus so they're both set in the hercules world and they showed a new part of the hercules world which is uh the cloudy area of mount olympus and you can see all these like uh you know different grecian buildings and it all looks really gorgeous. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, there's two forms that they showed off. One was guard form, uh, which is a yellowish orange color form. And uh, in this form, they showed uh, Sora using a shield, which was the transformed version of uh, the uh, uh, Mount Olympus Keyblade, um, which is interesting because that kind of reminds me of Herc Shield from Kingdom Hearts 1. So it's kind of mm-hmm. kind of cool which- to see that. Which actually, here. that's what Nomura said in one of the tweets too. That shield is called Herc Shield. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, guard form. You got a shield. So there's definitely you can definitely see right there very plainly how keyblade how a keyblade ability would be linked in that case because a form is card called guard form and he's literally holding a shield. And then the next form is called power form, which is a red form where Sora is holding what appears to be a massive glowing hammer. But the reason it's glowing is because uh, apparently that uh, form is tied to a keyblade, which is from a world that hasn't been revealed yet. So they uh, basically edited that that uh, image to not show what the keyblade looked like because you would be able to guess where uh, where that world is or where that keyblade came from. Yeah, so, they're keeping yeah. secrets. Keeping secrets. <laughs> so yeah, secrets. so we got we've got two forms. We got guard form, we've got power form, and uh pretty Mount Olympus. That's basically what you can clean from this. Uh but yeah, how do you guys feel about uh drive forms being back for real? Because they I mean in the case of Kingdom Hearts, uh, you know, as far as Sora is concerned, it's only been like maybe a couple months, maybe a year. So obviously he wouldn't have forgotten how to do drive forms, but uh, from a practical standpoint, we haven't had drive forms in a Kingdom Hearts game in over ten years. So it's like, at the same time, it's been time a long time for us. It's like time to relearn the uh, the gameplay mechanics with it. <laughs> exactly. So how how do you guys feel about drive forms being back? Are you ex- excited that they're back, or could you not care less I'm, either way? I'm excited because it brings more depth in how you approach battles. Like, yeah, to me, it's like I only use drive forms in a case of emergency because it heals you. Yeah. Also, you know, increases your damage, and then, but then, like the way I see the forms, you know, the you know the way it's meant to be played with uh, speed speed runners, you know, yeah. then you look at it, then you show a whole new appreciation for exactly. the drive forms itself. So it's like I can't wait to you know try it out myself, then go ahead and go back and watch 
streamers, you know, use it for their speed runs and see how, you know, it sh- should be used, you know, in conjunction with the Keyblades you uh, equip with it. So I'm very happy exactly. to see that. Savvy, how do you I've, feel about the drive forms? I've always loved drive forms just because, like, they're, they're, like, super handy. And, like, when I first played Kingdom Hearts, like, I kind of, like, like how Chiro's like, I conserved mine until it was, like, really needed. But because I've been playing, two, uh, like, Kingdom Hearts 2.5, um, mm-hmm. I've been trying to get to the uh, the data bosses. Holy, oh, yeah. that entire corridor. I almost lost my mind. But Yep. <laughs> Oh man, but I like spam the crap out of all my drives because at at the end of the day, I'm just like I needed it because it was just so cruel that they kept yep, exactly spawning every single thing in the end, like anything that has like that Nomura has made as a note like for nobodies and just throw you in a room that you cannot escape from whatsoever. Yep. So you're boxed in. So you have in, to use it, and you have to use it just because like oh man, I and like, that's I, that's I that's actually. So Speaking on that, that's exactly what I want to see out of Drive Forms in Kingdom Hearts 3 is I want yeah. them to be necessary because yeah. for me and my experience uh, in general gameplay of Kingdom Hearts 2, which is the only other game that had Drive Forms in it, I rarely use them. Like I maybe in, in like my first playthrough of the Japanese version when I initially got that back in 05 i played through it and yeah i was using drive forms all the time but it was mostly because i was covering it as a kingdom hearts journalist and i wanted to see how they all felt but as like a you know in in successive playthroughs of kingdom hearts 2 i really didn't use them that much because i knew what they were and i really didn't care like the standard form was fine for me i just you know give me a strong keyblade and i can you know do a bunch of reaction commands and not use my magic apart from cure and magnega and that's about it and it's like or, or reflect that that was the one i was always using so like with all these different abilities while i'm glad that they're coming back i want to see there be a lot more balance to make them more necessary for you know the general playthrough not just for uh someone who's curious about what the forms do so yeah for sure like after after playing through that area like i was hoping i want I want the I want the enemies to have that more of a challenge. I don't want like multiples of them because that's just insane and annoying. It's just I want more of a challenge where I can think about what abilities to use because like obviously a lot of us use like cure and reflect and thunder, and sometimes I use uh, magnet just because like if it's like clusters of them, I'm just like please stay in one area. Let me just kill you all there. But everyone yeah. has like a flow, right? So. Yeah, another way of handling it, uh, just another game design thing, which is kind of, honestly, it's kind of a cheap way of handling it, but it's it's really effective as like as long as this isn't the only thing you do to make your game more interesting, uh, is a whole you know rock paper scissors type mechanic. So in for example, in uh in Unchained Key, when you're fighting enemies, they give you a specific reason to go into a battle with a certain keyblade equipped because a certain keyblade is better at, you know, magic and the uh, another keyblade is better at strength, another keyblade is better at uh at speed. And each of these uh different types of keyblades are effective against a certain type of thing, like rock paper scissors, you know, scissors beats uh scissors beat paper, paper beats rock. And, you know, if you have a certain enemy and like, oh, uh, this enemy is uh, weak against uh, power form. So I'm going to switch to power form uh, right now and then I can take out this enemy. But, oh, they happen to throw in a, an enemy that's strong against 
power form. So I'm going to get my, my ass kicked if I don't switch out real quick. And like uh, Final Fantasy X did this to great effect. There are a lot of enemies that, you know, that are only really best defeated by certain characters. So like uh, Lulu, for example, that's your go-to if you want to defeat a flan because they're magic type enemies that are really strong against physical attacks. And if you wanted to take out a flying enemy, you'd switch to Waka. And, you know, it's that sort of thing. So I think in the case of drive forms, a really easy way of implementing or an easy way of getting incentivizing players to switch drive forms is to make it so that uh, certain monsters are strong and weak against these certain drive forms. And that's actually what they're doing in uh, Final Fantasy 15, for example, to incentivize uh, weapon switching is that each weapon is a certain has a certain type of attack so uh you know your lance is like a piercing type attack so if the enemy is more of a uh has natural body armor like it's like a rhinoceros for example uh then you want to switch to a lance and then you'll see that oh now that i'm hitting this thing with a lance the numbers are orange they're not purple anymore so that means i'm doing extra damage so maybe something like that sort of weakness uh thing uh, you know that your your typical rpg rock paper scissors yeah, type elemental sure. thing might be something good to like i don't know make people want to use it in a way that's not too uh that's not too skill based which like i know before like when we were using magic back in kingdom hearts one it was mostly with those like rhapsodies right just because exactly what the opposites yeah. were and then apart the apart from them apart from them like what where did elemental stuff even take place in kingdom hearts like it it didn't really happen at all like apart from the magic enemies and even yeah. then it was like your normal Some stuff you need a you need a you need a thunder to like work it's like oh, i'll use lightning to turn this on or whatever yeah like, yeah like in puzzles simple stuff right like not too much yeah so it'd be nice to see like maybe some of the more rpg tropes of like uh, you know, things being weak to certain things and things being strong to certain things. That sort of mechanic could help incentivize players to want to use a particular uh, drive form or keyblade or whatever. But if we have so. gauges like last time, then I... More likely. Like, yeah. No, for, yeah. Sure, for sure it's likely. It's just I'm the type of person... I don't know. I think this is just the OCD in me. But like, you know, yeah. when, like... You never, well, like, you never want like, to use filled, the cage. Like, you yeah. have to, like, have it filled. And it's like, I don't ever want to use it because I would never want exactly. it to be at, like, zero. And then I have to, like, grind it all The same again. thing with, like, oh, I got a Megalixir? Great. I'll never use this Megalixir ever. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't want to waste it. I only got, you like, don't what, waste two. Got a and then you're at the something. end of the game. You're at the end of the game and you have 99 Megalixirs. And you're like, oops. <laughs> I didn't even use, use one. Them. Yep, exactly. Oh, man. I, I was pretty happy with myself in, in our uh, deep dive stream playthrough of Kingdom Hearts 1 because I did actually make it a point to use those items at points in the game. And I used my cottages and I used all those things because I was too lazy to go to a safe point for some reason. So there we go. It can be done. You, we can use it, and it's okay. We, we, can, we can recover. It's not, this it's, not a, it's not a bad idea to use all your stuff. Exactly. It's just bad but if you it's, hook them to Donald and Goofy because they waste it like nothing. They so they will waste it like nothing. That's for sure. Unless, unless you <laughs> unless you set their um their behavior to actually give you uh, like yeah. ethers when you need it, especially when you're you know doing the speed runs and then like if you use like exactly. a wisdom form against Demix and then oh yeah that's a good yeah, idea. You could set Goofy oh, to um, 
they give you um, ethers every time you're low on it, so it restores it for you. So it just really depends on how well you actually go like into the menus and look at everything and set everything the way you want it. That's you know that's such a way of actually using the game the way it should be rather than just going in and mashing X and just hoping for the best. Exactly. So that pretty much wraps up the Kingdom Hearts 3 stuff. And one last bit of surprising news. Uh, Sora will be, for the first time ever, making a cameo appearance in another game. And Sora will be in World of Final Fantasy as free DLC. He's going to be a free DLC summon character, just like the Final Fantasy characters are. And it's actually surprising because like, it's really surprising because that's that's never that's happened. Why I'm buying World of Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because I was on the uh, World of Final Fantasy stream that Square Enix North America provided on Wednesday. Yeah, in the chat, I actually asked like, would it be cool to see Sora in World of Final Fantasy? And I I know the three people, the three Square Enix. There was three Square Enix employees and one Twitch streamer there. And yeah, the one that was then. The, the, they, when they when he read out the question because he's all like oh Cheryl said this they kind of mm. like snickered like laughed I was like yeah um, I, didn't, I didn't think of it as first so basically I'm like they're laughing at my comment and then they're and then and then they're like well this is World of Final Fantasy you know you know this is not Kingdom Hearts and then lo and behold the, the day later you know so yeah gets, Exactly. it's like imagine if they like released it because they're like churro found out churro's like churro knows something we have to release yeah. it now <laughs> so something interesting about this is that earlier uh i want to say like maybe a couple weeks earlier maybe like a week or two earlier it was really weird because on disney's website they were actually promoting world of final fantasy and they there was no indication really? why at all and yeah on their own website they were just promoting world of final fantasy it's like wait why what do you have to do with this at all like you didn't you I mean, barely make games disney maybe they're just some sort of partnership besides kingdom hearts or something yeah like it's could, it seems like it. yeah it seems like that 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 ended up being the case because uh, clearly, Disney has to be involved because Sora is copyrighted by Disney. And if you look on the uh, image that they released of Sora, the artwork, it actually does say copyright Disney, copyright Square Enix on there. So, uh, so yeah, Disney clearly got involved and were a part of the approval process in this. And uh, in addition to that, they also helped with a little bit of promotion of World of Final Fantasy uh, even prior to the announcement of this, it was really, really surprising, really weird. Uh, so far, no date has been specified as to when I, Sora I will was, be available. They they said they said December, but no actual date. Yeah, no date. Okay, so and maybe he's also, December. Yeah, he's also a limited time, so yeah. You know, so you definitely want to get it store, quickly. You know, you know, if you, once he's on PSN, you know, download it so you can keep it. Sure. Yeah. Also, another thing to do. point out is that this Sora is wearing his Dream Drop Distance outfit, which seems to be clearly that it is uh, them promoting uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 because obviously that comes with Dream Drop Distance. So I guess you can see that that as being the reason why this happened now is that it's uh, acting as promotion and Nomura's uh. sort of like... Nomura's sort of very closely tied to World of Final Fantasy, and he's trying to promote his next project, his next releasing project, will, which will be 2.8. So that sort of uh, explains why Sora is included in here. And it also shows a lot more synergistic uh, cooperation between Square and Disney that always makes me happy because Disney has a lot of, a lot of potential to help Square with Kingdom Hearts. They just haven't helped them that much 
so far and i'm so excited to see what they're going to be doing going forward because it's very clear that going forward with kingdom hearts 3 and everything tied to kingdom hearts 3 disney is taking a lot more initiative uh with helping square and being a lot more they're being a lot more open and they're being a lot more uh helpful to square than they've ever been in the past and super awesome to see oh so and, yeah uh, that's yeah to add to add to that Nomaro did mm-hmm. say uh we are preparing other collabs so look forward to it so yeah. this is not the end no. nope exciting so. Wait and see. So anyway, uh, next uh, next bit of news uh, in the questions. Uh, oh, actually, we're done with we're done with news. Moving on <laughs> to the questions. Oh man, I'm tired too, but not not because it's late, but because it's early. So anyway, questions. Uh, as always, if you guys want to get get your questions answered on the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail dot com. And I think uh, I think this next question or this first question ties in well. With the uh, last thing that you just said, churro, but uh, I'll, I'll see if you pick it up. If not, then I'll, I will. But anyway, this next question comes from Joseph Robertson, and Joseph Robertson asks, "So, oh, uh, PKMN Trainer J here again, and I uh, just wanted to ask the Nintendo Switch with the just watch the Nintendo Switch announcement, and uh, would you like to see Kingdom Hearts on it? And if so, would you want to see Kingdom Hearts 2.8, Kingdom Hearts 3, or a brand new title?" So what do you th- what do you think of Cheryl? Honestly, I think two point eight and three are fine just the way they are. Um, mm-hmm. I'd rather see a brand new title, yeah. just so that you know they can just finish working on getting these games out. And then, exactly. And then, I mean, if if they want to port it later on down the road, you know that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine. I'm not against it. But please, just get these games out. Get get two point eight out. Get three out, and then then go about seeing what you know what you can do with the switch. Exactly. Um, going, going off what you said before you read the question about collabs, mm-hmm. you know, there yeah. is a possibility that, you know, Nomura could be working with Nintendo to putting, you know, Sora on in, in a Nintendo switch game. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's certainly, you know, not impossible because, you know, Kingdom Hearts has been on, you know, two, no, actually three, wait, four, I think. For Nintendo, a lot of, um, a lot of Nintendo games, four. yeah, or Nintendo, Nintendo release games. games. Yeah, Chain yeah. of Memories. You had um, Days. You had Recoded, Recoded and Dream Drop Distance. Exactly. Yep. So it's not unusual for Kingdom Hearts to be on a Nintendo. So I think that we may some see a call collaboration again with Nintendo that has to deal with Sora or something Kingdom Hearts ish. Yeah, and what I was sort of thinking is I was thinking Smash Bros because uh, with a Nintendo Switch. Uh, it seems like a lot of the games that we'll be releasing initially will be games that uh, were actually from the Wii U. Uh, so they're re-releasing, not necessarily just re-releasing, they are also updating a lot of these titles. So for example, they have Splatoon. There's going to be a uh, Switch uh, version of Splatoon. Uh, obviously, Breath of the Wild is going to be on there. But they also did make specific announcement of Smash Bros., and we already know Cloud made it to Smash Bros. And he's not in, in, in well, he's not really in a Nintendo game other than, I think, it- Itadaki Street Special. <laughs> That's the only and, time he's ever been on a Nintendo <laughs> platform. Because, I mean, because uh, then the director of Smash Brothers said that that last, you know, wasn't uh, Bayonetta technically the quote-unquote the last final character update of Smash Brothers? Yeah, he did. But now uh, Smash Bros. will be uh, re-releasing, uh, or at least a Smash Bros. game is coming to Switch. 
we don't know if it's just a re-release of Smash Bro of Smash Four or not. I'm assuming it is a re-release, and I think at that point they might be open to uh, further DLC because not it is that. technically a separate release. And not only that, Sora's been actually been a popular character that people have been writing into as well. So it's exactly. definitely I voted interesting. For that. It's definitely interesting to see that. See this, especially since since his uh, his big bro Cloud already made it in another Nomura character creation. So plus, I, plus I not only personally that. wouldn't be surprised. No, that everybody would love a Sora amb- amiibo. So. Exactly. One thing that I will say though, speaking towards. Um, Speaking towards new titles on the Switch, while the Switch is, from a technical standpoint, a lot weaker than the current consoles that are on the market, uh, the nice thing about the Switch is that it does support Unreal Engine 4, or at least Epic is already uh, has already uh, gone through the legwork to porting Unreal Engine 4 to the Switch, so it will run on there. So games like, for example, Dragon Quest XI, which is an Unreal Engine 4 title, is going to be on the Switch at some point whenever that releases. So it isn't completely out of the realm of possibility that games like uh, 0.2 or games like uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 could make it to the Switch. But I would say if they did make it to the Switch, expect great uh, graphical downgrades, like a lot, very significant graphical downgrades because the Switch is, at the end of the day, it's a handheld console, and as as powerful as it is, uh, it's not as powerful as PS4. It is, at the very least, a little bit more powerful than the Wii U, but it's not that close to uh, PS4. So I would say, uh, in terms of visual fidelity, uh, expect you know what we saw in early like early tw- early tw- like late twenty. 20- 13 and early 2014 when we had all these games that were cross-platform so you had like a game like shadow of mortar for example shadow of mortar released on ps4 xbox one but it also released on uh on the previous gen titles or previous gen consoles ps3 and uh xbox one or ps3 and xbox 360 yeah so those versions i would say are kind of what you could probably expect of a switch version of kingdom hearts 3 is it would be a much 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 pared back version of the game but they could get it to run that's the that is the key and also kingdom hearts 3 is not an open world game so that would make it a lot easier to uh manage so we'll see what ends up happening but i would say uh at the very least when it comes to new titles the fact that uh the switch can support unreal engine 4 games is a good sign so uh, I just don't yeah, I think, want I just yeah. don't want a brand new title to be like Nintendo Switch exclusive because Yeah, thought, exactly. I really do not want to purchase more consoles. <sighs> yes. And I I know I would. Like obviously at the end of the day, if it's gonna be exclusive to a Nintendo Switch, I will buy a Nintendo Switch to play Kingdom Hearts. I sure as sure as hell bought a lot of consoles for Kingdom Hearts games already. What's well, another I one? Have, I have six. <laughs> I don't know if you saw my Facebook. I was just like, thank yeah. you, Kingdom Hearts, for letting me have multiple versions of you on six different yeah. consoles. Yay. So Woo. So please don't, Anyway, I'm going to get poor. <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that pretty much covers that question. Chura, if you want to take this next one. This is from Jason Rivera, and he says, This is Jason Rivera here at Neo Arcadia, and I was wondering your thoughts on this question. 
So they aren't Kingdom Hearts characters, but Zack from Final Fantasy VII and Vincent both got their own games, and Aqua kind of got her own in Birth by Sleep 0.2. Do you think that it's possible we could ever see Axel get his own game? And if so, what do you think it'll be about? Ooh, tricky question. Like, it's a good question, but at the same time, it's like, back when, um, like, Crisis Core and uh, Dirge of Cerberus were released, like, I think the gaming industry was much more booming then that a lot more, you know, money could be made into a bunch of different stuff. But because of like Mm -hmm. how you see how certain games are and the development times and like how demanding everything has been. Yeah. I can't really say for sure that Axel might ever get his own game or like, cause, cause Aquas isn't even her own full game, right? Like you got, you got full fledged game and same with like Dirge of Service. Like Aquas is only like, part of it which is also so, supposed to show as like kind of almost a tech demo of what kingdom hearts 3 might potentially look and feel like yeah so speak speaking on that yeah. whole booming industry thing uh both uh zach's game uh crisis core and vincent's game dirge of cerberus both of those are what you would consider a mid-tier game as far as budget is concerned like it's not it's not a low budget game and it's not a really really high budget game it's sort of like a mid-tier and i don't know if everyone notices this but these days there are no mid-budget games you know the you either have these triple a or you could even call them quadruple a games where they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars and spending you know four or five years making these games with thousands of people and they're outsourcing to all these companies and these are just these massive undertakings to make these games or they're small indie titles or phone games and i would say you you know you brought up aqua Aqua's Birth by Sleep Volume 2 or Birth by Sleep 0.2, that's what a mid-tier budget gets you these days. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what you Nomura, get. That's why no more like the change in like a lot of different things, right? I'm sorry, sure I interrupted exactly. you were saying. Uh, I was saying that because um, when I interviewed Nomura back in um, 2014 at the 2.5 launch event, I brought up, you know, Birth by Sleep Volume 2. You know, Nomura said that the idea was just floating and that he didn't think that it's, you know, it would be great on its own. So it had to be a package with something just like Nomura mentioned that Kingdom Hearts 3D, you know, HD wasn't going to, you know, be something on its own. So that's why he, he kind of put the two and two together, put those two games together, include back cover into its own package. But like you said just right now, that it's mainly just a tech demo of what Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be about. Yeah. It's gonna exactly. be a really good one because like it's gonna be really good, of, yeah, that's for like, sure. A lot of people like care about Aqua and everything and want to know what happened to her, so like it's a good reason to do it. Um, for example, like something with like Axel, like we kind of and we don't know much about Axel. Like we kind of already know what happened with him because you got uh, Chain of Memories where you see part of him there and like his struggle there, and then you'll see the other side when he wasn't at like. Um, castle oblivion he was back at the organization with roxas so you mm. kind of knew yeah the back and forth from there so i can't really see something other than the time um from uh kingdom hearts after kingdom hearts 2 where we like he kind of like disappears and then mm-hmm. at the end of dream drop distance it's kind of like what happened between that time but all we could know is just like him chilling until like yo gotta meet everybody at this tower that type of thing and then yeah because yeah. to I me am. it feels that there isn't there isn't much story to go i mean people can argue that oh it could be you know the time of you know lee 
birth my sleep to mm-hmm. Axel, you know, and, you know, you know, having becoming a nobody. But thing is, is that, is that really enough time to cover, you know, that in its own game? And it's like, mm-hmm. cause when you look at, you know, that, you know, uh, crisis core and dirge of Cerberus, these are full fledged games that cover, you know, a big tire span of time. Yeah. And, um, Basically, if Axel was to get his own game, it would be almost as, the same length as Aqua's, you know, in 0.2. Yeah. And the thing is, is that um, Crisis Core was well-received and Dirge of Service wasn't. So mm-hmm. just because you can doesn't mean you should. You should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it's one of those if, things. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with both of you. I don't think uh, the idea of an Axel game is likely. But hypothetically speaking, if he had to have a game, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so, what I think would be suiting for Axel is because I definitely agree with you. I don't think there's enough story for Axel. I don't think there's enough unanswered questions about Axel himself to make him an interesting center for the game. But what I think could work is what if, because we, what we know about Axel for sure is that he's a sneaky guy. He likes to sneak around and get information. So, what I'm thinking is a stealth game, a stealth-based Kingdom Hearts game, still action, but with stealth elements, uh, with using Axel. And what Axel's main goal is, is to look into the mystery that whatever whatever it ends up being is what ends up leading to Kingdom Hearts 4, whatever the future game is. And the focus isn't on Axel as a character himself, but maybe through the game they flesh him out a little bit more. The focus isn't necessarily on him, but it's on what he's looking into. It's on what he's sneaking around trying to find out. And Axel is this, you know, sort of uh, solid sneak type character where he's sneaking around and finding things and then relaying intel back wherever he needs to and trying to uncover a a mystery that leads into oh, wow. oh my Kingdom god Hearts i'm just 4. imagining solid snake as like an axle skin right now and it's just the funniest <laughs> thing i can think of it's ridiculous well i mean like it's just go- it just goes back to what i just said you know like mm-hmm. the idea is nice but it mm-hmm. won't work as a full-fledged game like yeah. Crisis Core or Dirt Yeah, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. I you think know, this would be plus, another thing that would a- appear as a small episode. Episode Axel. And it's like, like maybe sneak DLC, around in Hollow like, the, like the chapter book that we got for Final Fantasy XIII 2? Yep, totally same thing. Like, exactly. Well, like, like I said, it could be DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3, you know? Yeah. I mean, like it's, you know, that's the thing I also brought up with Dirt Cerberus not re- being received so well is because... Mm-hmm. You know, it was a shooter game with RPG elements into it, you know. Exactly. That, you know, like I said, just because, you know, the ideas and possibilities are there, it doesn't mean you should make the game the way it is. You know, it's exactly. like the way you're describing Axel's, you know, stealth, you know, thing, you know, just because, you know, he's a sneaky guy, it doesn't mean he's really good at sneaking around. It's, yeah. to me, it's not good. That's, to me, that's just making something that's going to end up not, being something that's great i mean honestly i just you know like i love axel but i think that like i just i I just go back to what i just said there's really not enough of axel to actually i think at at the end of the day make anything out of it yeah what would have to happen is however if it had to be done the way it would have to happen is this game would fundamentally change the way we see axel because they're going to write in a character for him to be and write it's in elements like that Zach. weren't there before. Exactly. They're going to write right. in the elements that weren't there because as he is now, as we know him now, there's not enough there. So whatever it is, it's going to have to be mostly 
introducing you to Axel because, and by introducing you, I mean Nomura would have to actually create a full character for Axel to be so you could control him and actually have an interesting story to play out through him. Uh, but yeah, I would say one way that could work is where you play as Axel, but maybe Axel isn't necessarily the focus of the story. The focus of the story is the people that he's looking into or the people that he's associated with in the story. Uh, however that plays out. But yeah, that's that's the way I think it would have to work is that however it works is you can't rely entirely on what we know in the past about Axel. It just wouldn't work. There's not enough there. So I think that pretty much wraps up that question. And Sabrina, if you want to take this last one. Sure. So uh, this is from Kina Johnston. Uh, hey guys, do you think that Square Enix will release a VR Kingdom Hearts game at some point? Would it be similar to Final Fantasy XV's VR functionality, something like a bonus feature or mini game, or maybe it could be its own self-contained title similar to Batman Arkham VR? Do you guys think that this is a good idea at all, and would you buy a VR unit for Kingdom Hearts VR or whatever the crazy name Nomura comes up with? Sneaky Axel VR. There you go. <laughs> Wow. Print it, Square. You got it. You already. I already gave you the game design. Now give me my money. <laughs> no, 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 no. Charge eighty dollars for it. Eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. Yo, man, the I look like a hundred Canadian. Please don't. The Axel Experience episode Axel. Uh, but yeah, speaking more seriously, honestly, I, I, I'm not a fan of where VR is right now, uh, because VR is very expensive to do it well. And unfortunately, the expensive ones, the expensive end of VR, which is done very well, is not what's leading the pack. What's leading the pack in VR right now is the crappy VR, like the Samsung Gear VR, like the PlayStation VR, which have so many problems and does not run to the full potential of what the current technology for VR can handle. So I think VR, unfortunately, is going to go the way of 3D TVs. Not, but this time it's not because the technology isn't isn't there. The technology is there. It's just really expensive, and no one knows how to use it without making everybody puke. That's the problem. Not only that, and make it affordable because and I make mean, it affordable. Oculus, Oculus Rift and HTC Vive are like two of the best VRs, and yeah. they're not cheap. You know, especially the HTC Vive, and I've tried. And, and on I've top tried, of that, just you know, just because you buy these expensive VR headset doesn't mean you can use it. You have to have a really powerful gaming PC on top of that. So, on top of the eight hundred ish dollar price it costs to actually buy into these VR headsets, you need to also have between a fifteen hundred and three thousand dollar gaming PC to properly handle these VR games. So yeah, exactly. And since since I tried a lot of the VRs, and you know, the only one that I could stand was basically ACC Vive, and that's fifteen hundred. That's the same with me too, because I'm very prone to motion sickness. So uh, trying like the PlayStation VR, it actually mm-hmm. like I I started to feel a little bit nauseous from just like a sitting one where like, mm-hmm. but I moved my head around, but I still got motion sickness from it. But the Vive I, was like super smooth. Like yeah. for me, it's like, like I've tried, uh, you know, the PSVR demo at E3 2014, and it was just like a, a like a Knight's Tale type of thing, like archery and weapons, and then you get eaten by a dragon at the end. Then I tried the Resident Evil Seven demo, which um, I am not gonna do again because I don't do good with horror games. So yeah. doing that in VR was not the best idea, especially, you know, you're doing it in a horror like jump scare element. <laughs> that was yeah. not the best. 
Oh God, and, no! That sounds awful. I would yeah. not want to do that. But, it, 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 it gave yeah. me a massive headache doing that, and it's, it's like to me, like when it comes to Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy Fifteen, like I try to do Final Fantasy Fifteen VR, you know, with you, Brandon. But yeah, you know, we never, no, way. we never got around to doing it. <laughs> It always got booked up, but anyways, yeah. um, if anything, I would say, Nora, Nora, please stay away from VR. Don't be like Tabata and have to bring every single thing that comes out into Final Fantasy XV. If, but if you are going to do VR with Kingdom Hearts, make sure it's nothing full-blown. Make sure it's something light, you know, yes. like as in like maybe do like um, the Gummy Ship VR or a Dream yeah, Job cool. Dive vr you know that kind of experience don't make a a full-blown game you know kingdom hearts game with vr make sure it's a side title that has no impact at all on the story yes speaking of vr from what i and of motion sickness from what i've seen in my research the the kind of games that work best in vr are cockpit games so the gummy ship would work in that case so any anything that you're in a cockpit and you're piloting a vehicle or driving a car or something like that those tend to work fine uh games where you are uh sitting if you're sitting that tends to work really well and then also there's this uh, other thing called room scale vr which is what hdc vive is where you are you have a small area but you can literally walk around in that area yeah. and one-to-one do stuff in that world so those are like the three types of experiences that work well now the uh the drawbacks of these things are okay so if you're in a cockpit then the only kinds of games that work really well are games where you're actually piloting a vehicle and the only time that really happens in kingdom hearts is the gummy ship so that's kind of limiting so obviously that can't be a full experience that can only be the gummy ship and maybe some very light story included uh if it's the seated experience then you're really really limited because how many times are kingdom hearts characters sitting it's an action game so that probably wouldn't work and then there's room scale vr and the big limitation on room scale vr is okay so you're you can you have full control full movement ability but you're stuck in this really small area and how much can you do in this small area so usually those types of games are games where you walk around and inspect things they're more like puzzle games they're very simple uh in the case of tomb raider uh the way they're working around that is they have this ability where you can sort of uh point a avatar of Lara Croft somewhere and uh, if you click a button then you can teleport to another part of the mansion so instead of walking around the mansion on foot uh, you can teleport to different parts of the mansion and once you've teleported to that part of the mansion then you have full free reign of a maybe three by three foot uh, square where you can walk around and look at stuff so there's a lot of really limited things. I think uh, the best example is probably what Churro gave. A gummy ship thing would probably work best, probably be easiest, and probably make the most sense for Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that case, uh, the nice thing about cock, uh, cockpit games is that that can work on pretty much any VR that's available on the market. Uh, PSVR, that would work because that's a seated experience. And uh, PSVR seems to be more of a seated thing because you know, you're using either Move Controllers or the PS4 controller. And uh, that also works on Oculus and HTC Vive, of course, because those support all VR. So I don't know. It's complicated. But I think at the end of the day, what Churro said, uh, small, small experience. It can't be a full thing, unfortunately. And as a result of all of that, because it can't be full experiences, 
uh, it's mostly just a gimmick at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, even yeah, though pretty much, even though the much, big concept, the big concept of VR is the future, in my opinion. I think the big concept of VR is the future, but the cheapness of the VR and the fact that at best all we can get is room scale of maybe three by three. And we're still limited to the fact that, you know, we actually have to move in physical space in real life. And our, you know, in the real world, our apartments aren't these massive, you know, massive uh, stadiums that we can walk in. You know, because of all those limitations, I think this iteration of VR, unfortunately, will end up being a big gimmick, unfortunately. Because that's what basically it is. I mean, like when you look at Batman Arkham VR, it's like you're Mm -hmm. just being Batman. You're dressing up in suit as Batman. Standing still. Yeah, when you look at when you do uh, the Final Fantasy 15, it's basically one giant fan service because you know besides shooting guns in first person and taking pictures, you, you also can get sit in a car with, 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 look at with Cindy. Yeah, you know, just, that's all it is. Just fan service for that. Exactly. I think also everyone needs to realize that virtual reality is a very small part of augmented reality, which is yeah that one's going to be a much bigger impact. Yeah, um, that's going to have more impact in like the world at large because yeah. it's not isolating. Exactly. I mean, look at look at Pokemon Go. Look how well it's been using argument reality for that. Yeah. Yeah. So at the end of the day, would you buy a VR unit for Kingdom Hearts VR, which I've said earlier in this podcast. If, if Maybe, it's on the but Switch, probably not. I might just buy it, the game just to say I have it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, just like, well, I mean, knowing me, I would. I mean, like, I'm the guy that said I'm buying an Xbox One yeah. version of Kingdom Hearts 3, even if even if I still do or do not have my Xbox One still. So, yeah, yeah oh, I also, I'll buy VR for it. I want to also address another thing real quick. So uh, the reason why VR is limited to those three different uh, control types, because in theory... Uh, you can actually do uh, full 3D games just like you have in, you know, like a normal uh, gaming situation. You can have, uh, you know, a first person shooter with VR and, you know, you can control it just like you do normally with like an Xbox 360 controller, you know, running around with the two analog sticks and uh, maybe use your head as a replacement for one of the analog sticks. You can do that. The problem is most people feel like garbage when they play that and want to throw up all over the world. So <laughs> it, uh, when, so from what I've come to understand, any game where you, your movement, especially lateral movement, uh, forward and back seems to be fine, but when you move left and right in VR with an analog stick, that's what gets people really barfy, apparently. That's why, that's why majority of the, you know, the time you have to like really hope the developers make like an on rails type mm-hmm. of setting so that you just, you know, you just look left and right while the game moves forward on its exactly. own. Exactly. So you know, uh, another so example, that's where, the, that's, that's where we said the government ship would work because you're all basically yeah. on rails the entire time. Another example, Minecraft, uh, Microsoft is trying really, really, really hard to make Minecraft work for VR because obviously of all the games in the universe what game is more perfect for vr than minecraft because you can literally make that thing anything but microsoft is having a really hard time with minecraft vr because it is a really barfy experience to play in vr and uh also uh what about third person games could you do third person in vr and the answer is yes there actually is a third person game in vr on oculus called lucky's tale and the way that works is uh, the, th- the 3D camera doesn't move around. It's sort of on a fixed uh, thing that follows Lucky around. 
uh, Lucky's like this uh, little uh, platform Mario character. Um, uh, Lucky is, I think, a fox. So, so you're, you're following around on a rail, but you have full move, you have full movement of your head, and you're sort of in this godlike perspective, looking down on Lucky. And uh, that's a possibility. Apparently, that's a pretty okay experience, but I don't think that feels like Kingdom Hearts to me. And from what I understand, most people say it's cool, but it's not really a big VR type experience. Like you don't feel immersed in it, but the main benefit you get from that is the fact that because you can see depth, you can time your jumps a lot better in VR because you can see the depth of the world. You can actually gauge how far you need to jump. And that's really a problem in 3D games is people can't see the depth and they can't gauge how how deep things are in the world. So that's been a benefit for Lucky's Tale. But uh, from what I understand, uh, most people are not doing third-person games at all. And that's because it doesn't achieve the number one gimmick of VR, and that's immersion. And because of that, even though it's like a plausible idea, even though third-person games can work and would be fun, because they don't deliver on the gimmick of VR, no one's making them. So that's just the thing. Anyway, (laughs) I think that pretty much wraps up our question segment. Moving on. Uh, for our music for this episode, we've got a really cool remix. I thought it'd be only appropriate since we got the Ray of Hope mix out, thanks to the uh, the opening being released, that uh, we do another remix for this episode. So the so we have a simple and clean remix done by Enzo G and Beto Siba on YouTube. Uh, Beto Siba uh, does a lot of uh, remixes uh, for Final Fantasy games. Uh, I remember a long time ago, one of his remixes was featured on Final Fantasy Union, and I fell in love with that. Uh, so I found one by uh, Beto Siba and Enzo G on YouTube. This is simple and clean. It's really awesome. It's an EDM mix, so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, our next episode for Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 15th of November. So, oh man, not too much longer until Final Fantasy 15. I can't wait. Oh man. Yay! It's almost okay. over. That'll be goodbye, Brandon. Exactly. <laughs> goodbye, me. I'm disappearing for the rest <laughs> of my life because I'm going to play that game. Uh, and as always, uh, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one. Yay! Yay! Whoa! Whoa. And of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com/slash/KHUnionVids, or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And if you like the show and you want to help us get better, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And as always, if you guys want to get your questions answered on the show, send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, guys. It's goodbye time. Finally. We made it. We made it's it. It's been so long since I've talked to you guys. And it's, it's been so, been so nice long. To catch up. But of course. No worries, because... Because we've got another episode coming very soon. Yay! Yay! Yay. Hope, hopefully there'll be news again. I doubt it. Actually, you know this what? This has such a good time. La- last episode, I said. Last episode, I said there is no way there's going to be new news after last episode. Because <laughs> last episode we had a lot of news. So I just want to go on record saying there will not be news next time. So please, Nomura, uh, prove me wrong again. Unless there's gr- so, greatly unless, appreciate unless there's it. Me. Unless there's an expo going on in a different country somewhere. Yes, please. Please take that, advantage just, of these expos to prove me wrong. I appreciate other than that, it. It's just uh, PSX coming in early December, which I am going to. So, oh, yay. Sweet. Nice. Sounds like fun. All right, guys, say your goodbyes. 
Bye, guys. It's been fun. You know, actually nice to talk about news for once. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Oh my gosh, it. I know. It's been actually definitely like a good like re- like refresher to have. Definitely, it's it's great. All right, say goodbye. Goodbye. And I'm Brandon. Say goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Oh, <laughs>